You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Blackwood's Podcast, episode 51. My name is Tim Mitchell, and I am in Toronto, Ontario. I'm joined once again by Jonathan Kuline in Mr. and Mrs. Zaga. Hello there. And we also have Hyman Lopez Jr. on the line from Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Alrighty, so it's been a while. We're back. We're, we've decided, decided to rise up and do another podcast. So here we go. It's the Rise Podcast. Um, pardon the puns. Yeah, so uh, just uh, let me go back to my notes, which are over here. Okay. All right, well, we'll start off with some fact check. I'm the only one that has some fact check here. Um, last time we were on the show, I guess it was the, our live extravaganza, uh, which is also on YouTube, if, in case you people don't know. Um, we were talking about Space Ghost, and uh, that was voiced by the one and only, the legend himself, Gary Owens, who was also the announcer on Laughing and a lot of, I guess, NBC properties too, but he had that really distinctive voice that we were talking about. Probably been in tons of cartoons as well, right? So... And that's the extent of the fact check from last time. Because we, pro- we were spot on last time, you know. There was no mistakes made. And we'll jump into the headlines. I have a story here that I posted a couple of weeks ago. This may not be news to people, but it is maybe news to you guys. Uh, there's a documentary, which is supposed to be coming out in November. I think we're past November, called Nove- Never Surrender. It's a Galaxy Quest documentary. So there's a trailer here in the show notes that um, basically they've got uh, Brent Spiner and uh, a few other people, um, Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton um, talking about how they they felt that they should have done this show and and uh, I'm not sure if it's tongue friendly planted in cheek that the intention was to do this show this movie as a legitimate property because it came out pretty much like a comedy sort of satire of of the whole Star Trek genre um, you know where where the fans at the Comic Con or whatever saved the day right so, I don't know I, I don't know about you guys but I like that movie a whole lot you know by Grapthar's Hammer and all that you know what do you guys think of of Galaxy Quest Yeah it, I haven't seen this document documentary um maybe i'll have to see if they have like blu-rays or dvds available or something but the movie itself i, I definitely like it's very very enjoyable um a spoof of the the star trek universe um sort of proto orville uh in many respects um but it's it's fun i enjoyed it, it it's rather unfortunate that they never made a, a sequel of any sort um right yeah. that's definitely one of well, those it's in the theaters right that's the thing right yeah like it, it, it uh it's one of those cult classics i 
guess is what it qualifies yeah, as. Sure. It made like no Speaker, money yeah. or certainly not enough money to make up for the sci-fi budget, um, but has been well-regarded and well-loved since. Yeah, some big names are in that one too, right? So like Sigourney Weaver and Tim Allen, obviously, and... and um, uh, I knew his name until I started opening my mouth. The guy who played Snape. What's his name? Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman, yeah, mm-hmm. as, as one of the he's, as the alien, as it were, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Galaxy Quest. I think it's uh, one of the most underrated Star Trek movies, and uh, yeah, I think it's you know I'm I'm keen. I've seen the trailer for the uh, the doc, and it actually looks really interesting. Uh, I guess they're going to get into some of the stuff about how uh, you know. It was much beloved, and everyone was sort of expecting it to become the first part of many, but that sort of fizzled out and never happened. And now, uh, obviously, it's been uh, quite a long time. Alan Rickman, of course, has died, so uh, it wouldn't be quite the same anymore. But, uh, yeah, I'm keen to see what the documentary's like. Yeah, I think that um, uh, what they were saying on the show was that um, it was it flopped in the theaters. I, I did go see it in the theater when it first came out, but I don't know that anybody else did, right? So it was on v- VHS, I think, where, where it kind of took off, right? Yeah, definitely a cult. Yeah. Menu rental market. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. So, Jonathan, you got some stuff about, uh, you'll lead on with the news of the day, as it were. The news of the day, yeah. It's a couple of new things. So, uh, this weekend was the uh, Golden Globes, the first sort of uh, awards show of award season uh, here in 2020. And, um, uh, not a lot of a big uh, sort of genre sci-fi fantasy stuff uh, at this year's awards, but um, we did get a big win for uh, for one of those things, and that was uh, Joaquin Phoenix won for his performance as the Joker uh, in, of course, the Joker movie. And uh, you know, obviously, there's much lauded. Tim, I know you saw it, but uh, yeah, would you think it was it was the winner? You know, uh, to be honest with you, in in the I forget who the other uh, actors who were up against. Him, but I, I think it was it was a winner from the point of view of it was I, I think it was like he stole it from Jared Leto you know he, and he was pretty much just doing what Heath Ledger started right that sort of twisted demented you know character um, I don't know I, I, I think I do think there were better movies and better better um, portrayals of, of character than than this one um, but I'm I'm not surprised that it won because of the whole you know the way that uh, I'm sure Mar- Martin Scorsese was sitting in the audience was probably cringing at that one but yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. did you? So get I, I don't know. I mean, Joker? I did, I did, and it's kind of a weird film because it's not—it's not like it fits in super well as like a superhero movie. Um, but it is, in my mind, I thought it was a really well done movie, and I think Viking Phoenix did a really good job. Oh, it's a of beautiful portraying, movie for sure. Yeah, portraying—you know—it's uh, a very sad movie, right? You're not like happy at the end of it. It's very like watching a, a man go into madness. Um, and honestly, he lasted longer than I probably would have. I think I would have been Joker twenty minutes into that movie <laughs> with everything that was going on around yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a bit of like a bit like King of Comedy, and I think maybe that, that might have been intentional. But uh, it, it sort of the plot line sort of had been done before, and and I don't know, I don't know if it was it was an interesting story, but it, you know, you could almost see it coming the whole all the way through the big finale part. I'm talking about Jaime, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, he didn't strike me as a mastermind criminal, which is what I think Joker is supposed to be. Isn't that not right? Yeah, I guess it's a little of both, right? He's supposed to be truly criminally insane, but I think he's also supposed to be um, very, you know, uh, yeah, very clever in that way. Like he, you know, I, I think the Heath Ledger one. I, I what I liked about him was that he he was playing someone who's clearly unhinged, but he was also playing someone who was 
uh, you know, often two steps ahead of the police or Batman or right, whomever yeah. else. That felt very true to the character that I enjoyed in the in the books. Right, right, all right. Well, it's surprising. Um, I mean, it's kind of like you know when they read the name out of. I wasn't super surprised that they chose it, but I was. You know, I, I've learned a long time ago watching um, award shows that I'm, I'm often disappointed with with the choices. I was glad to see that Parasite won for best foreign language film because I think it was one of the best films of last year. Um, you know, notwithstanding the, the subtitles and stuff like that. But uh, and interesting that the director didn't win for for directing, but because uh, Parasite's a phenomenal film. When, when you see it finally when it comes on Netflix or whatever, um, you'll see what I'm talking about. But because it's, it's a really good movie, sort of you know in on the scale of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, kind of you know quality and that kind of stuff, right? So. Yeah, I think it should also be mentioned that for uh, for what it's worth, the Golden Globes should always be taken with a grain of salt. It's not exactly, uh, you know, the highest caliber of awards show, but it can be a bellwether for how things, uh, you know, play out over the, over the sort of awards season. So, you know, obviously uh, no guarantees that something won't sneak up on us. Yeah, and it's it's sort of, it, I, I've, I've always liked the Golden Globe because it seems to be more of an honest, um, honest portrayal of things um, in terms of like what like I'm, I'm usually happier with the choices that are made at golden globes than i am at the oscars for instance but um i mean the ones that win and stuff like that but um like the elton john movie i really enjoyed the elton john movie but i don't know that um i mean taron eggington did play a great elton john but i don't know that necessarily that was the best movie it was the glitziest movie of the year i mean and, you know like uh, uh so i don't know that he should have won that that award either but um then brad pitt won for uh for uh, I guess a supporting actor for um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Hollywood or Once, yeah, Once Upon a Time, in, yeah, which is something we talked about on this show before, right? So yeah. it was an interesting movie. I don't know if you have you seen that one, John or Jaime. Didn't you guys see it together? You and I saw it together, right, Quentin Tarantino? Yep. You're speechless. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, saw that one too. It's it's a weird alternate reality movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's typical of his style of retelling history the way he wanted to see it happen, right? Yeah. When I reconsidered Inglorious Bastards as a equivalent, as a all right. Now it makes sense to me. Yeah, for sure, for sure. What else you got first, John? Uh, I've also got, uh, we got a new trailer for the New Mutants, uh, which was the last um, movie made by 20th Century Fox with the IP for the X-Men. Um, and mm-hmm. it's, they had had a trailer that came out almost two years ago, which gives you an idea how long this has been sitting on the shelf. The the trailer for the first time, it looks kind of creepy. This one looks even more creepy than the last one. It's it's kind of a horror take on on the X Men world, um, but it is notably glaring when you look at it. Uh, that Maisie Williams, who of course was Arya on Game of Thrones, is one of the stars of this movie, and uh, she looks like she was Arya three years ago on the show. She doesn't even look like she did on the last the last season that aired a few months ago uh, because this was filmed so long ago. So um, this has been sitting around and delayed and it was nobody was sure if it was going to get see the light of day. There was talk that they were going to try and make an R-rated movie. And then when Disney took over, that they were going to cut it. But the directors denied that. Uh, but apparently now it has a release date coming out in April. And uh, this, this, yeah, it's the sort of last hurrah of uh, what was a pretty powerful uh, money-making franchise for Fox for a long time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I know nothing about New Mutants, so yeah, what do you think, Jaime? Uh, it's uh, a comic book that I read a little bit about. Um, I mostly remember when they sort of transitioned into the X-Force when Cable came along. But I do have some old uh, comics laying about of the, sort of the newer class of mutants, the new mutants doing stuff. So I'm not 
super familiar with the characters. So I couldn't point them out to you in this uh, in this particular trailer. But it's, it's definitely very different that it's like a creepy vibe, which I guess people really could do what the mutants can do. It probably would be super creepy in real world. It looks good. I wonder what platform it will land on in the end, because it certainly doesn't look like a Disney Plus film. True. Which Jaime still hasn't seen yet, right, Jaime? Disney Plus? No, I've not. I've not signed up for Disney Plus, uh, which means I haven't seen The Mandalorian. Um, right. I'll probably That's end up doing over. <laughs> I'll end up probably binging that at some point. I, at this point, it might be post Picard. I'm not sure. I gotta gotta save my pennies for all these streaming services. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. What's next, John? Uh, next up. Well, speaking of Disney Plus, uh, we've got the upcoming seventh season of Star Wars Clone Wars has been given a premiere date, mm-hmm. uh, which is. Um, pretty cool. I think you know for fans, uh, and I and I am certainly one of of the uh, the Clone Wars series that lasted for a long time. Um, it kind of got an ignominious end. It just sort of ended and didn't give us a lot of wrap up. So um, when they announced that they were going to make this and put it exclusively on Disney Plus, I was excited. Um, so this final season is coming on February seventeenth. Now they've released that date today and. Um, and it'll be really interesting to go back to that world. It's been a long time. It was, uh, you know, 2014 was, was five years, six years since we last saw that world, that, that sort of chapter of the Star Wars saga, uh, to go back in there and sort of wrap up what happens with Ahsoka and with uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin, uh, the sort of final, you know, last chapter of that war. Uh, I, I'm excited. This is great. Yeah, I've been watching the Clone Wars recently since we got the Disney Plus. I've just had it on the background. I mean, I watched it back in the day when it was on because it was on sporadically. Like you'd have seasons, and I wasn't kind of watching it out of order as well. Um, so I've been sitting and watching, not not watching, not fully paying attention, but had it on the background, watching a little bit of it. Um, I'm not super stoked about the quality of it. I get it seems kind of dated, but I don't know if that's just the was intention of the way it was drafted or whatever written. Um, but uh, and then I'm hoping to get into the the next series which is rebels right uh, i, I love rebels oh it's such a great show yeah yeah it, yeah it really has a much truer uh through line to the whole thing it really sort of follows a very um interesting arc from the beginning to the end and it really has a very epic mm-hmm. feel to it it's an excellent series can't recommend it highly enough Right, right. Yeah, so I'm trying to get through the Clone Wars. I mean, you know, because the Clone Wars kind of sits between those two prequel movies, which we've talked about in the past, which are not great, you know. So I think part of that is is my unwillingness to buy into it because I know how awful it ends up, (laughs) you know. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see by the time I get to the end of of season six if I'm ready for season seven or not. I'll probably be ready for it. It'll probably come out just as I'm finishing. Probably. At the rate it's going. Yeah. Cool. All right. So I just have a funny tweet here that, and and we can debate this. We're, We're actually here to talk about the rise of skywalker but uh i just want to start off with this tweet that i saw i think i discussed this with you the other day jonathan that um uh, a tweet that uh, came from a gentleman named dave bedner on uh, twitter obviously um said i asked my dad if he liked the rise of skywalker and he said yeah it was fun it was had the same plot as greece <laughs> so <laughs> you know but a, a guy and a girl who meet each other and he turns out to be part of a bad group and you know they kind of do they get back together again at the end and I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I can't say that I really remember the, the plot of Greece. I don't know if I ever watched it all the way through, but they, they do end up together at the end, don't they? Uh, they Believe do, although I don't, I don't remember John Travolta dying in the end. But uh, Oh, spoilers. No, no or, or, or or any sword play or things like that, right? Uh, so. Yeah. There was a knife fight, I think, at one point, wasn't there? 
<laughs> was there really? I don't know. I don't know. Tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah, one of those. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, so that's uh, that's that. All right. Um, so, so like like I said, we're here for the. Uh, oh, before we get into that, um, one more story here that uh, I posted here, and this is about a GoFundMe that was launched. Apparently, there's a gentleman named Anas Abdin uh, who claims that uh, the plot or general sort of the, um, storyline, underlying storyline of the Star Trek Discovery was stolen from his Tardigrades game. Um, and apparently he uh, he has uh, a, a judge ruled against him, I believe, and now he's gone back and um, a judge had uh, ruled in favor of CBS and now he started GoFundMe and uh, people are throwing money at him to go and appeal this, uh, this particular story. Because um, he even claims that uh, uh, Paul and uh, Hugh Cobra are also stolen from a couple of characters from his, his game as well. And we'll have to see how that plays out. And that's sort of keep, in keeping with our Spotcast Star Trek theme. But yeah, so so coming back to, to Rise of Skywalker, as I said, um, I, I have a couple of notes here just, just so we can quickly go through them. But because it was kind of, uh, if you if you read the credits or you heard, uh, I heard a couple of other podcasts talking about uh, about this between my first viewing and second viewing. Um, the way it worked, um, Jaime, as I was saying before, Jonathan and I went on the Friday uh, that it premiered. Um, which wasn't technically the first day because they did show it the day, the day before, and then a couple of the, and and you know the the number one fan of, of Spotcast Xavier couldn't come, he had to work, and uh, so Jonathan and I went and watched it uh, again uh, three four days later I guess, yeah. um, and after Christmas right, and uh, no, no, so in the meantime Christmas I had Eve. heard a couple oh Christmas Eve we went yeah, okay, right. oh right yeah, yeah. The, new, the new tradition right yeah, yeah. yeah some people go to mass we go to Star Wars yep um, anyway uh, so I just I want to point out from the credits there were some interesting interesting people like Babu Frick uh, was voiced by Shirley Henderson of course who played um, Moaning, Mew, Moaning Myrna on the uh, Harry Myrtle. Potter series Myrtle M- Moaning Myrtle yeah yep. Myrtle yeah and she's been in a few uh, few British movies uh, British movies but uh, yeah she's most famously known for voicing that character um, Dio or D-Zero is it Dio? Dio Dio is voiced of course by J.J. Abrams right uh, Wicket uh, in The Hobbit or uh, yeah Hobbit was uh, was was Warwick Davis? Uh, Oma Trees, uh, or he didn't really name who he was, but he was the bartender. That was John Williams, and you see him scowling at them in one scene. Um, and Oma Trees zero eight. Sorry, and Oma Trees is a, a mis, uh, mixed around spelling for uh, Maestro. Oh, is it? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, FN O seven eight O eight. Sorry, FN O eight seven eight is uh, Danny Harrison, George Harrison's son. I wonder if that's his birthday. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Wedge of course was in the movie Wedge Antilles that's played by Dennis Lawson they dragged him out of retirement I guess to do that um Lynn Manuel Miranda was also one of the soldiers in in the uh, in the in the resistance, as it were. That what they were called, right? And of course, we had voices in a couple of places where um, we heard from the Sith, and we heard from the the Jedi, the you know Vader's of, of old and past. And so, in those were Mixon, were Carl Urban, James Earl Jones, Andy Serkis, Aiden Christensen, which didn't ruin the movie, um, Ashley Eckstein, uh, Jennifer Hale, Sam Jackson, you and McGregor, Alec, Alec Guinness, uh, Frank Oz, and, and Freddie Prince Jr., and as well as Liam Neeson as Wydon. All right, so let's. Uh, how should we do this this uh, discussion of Rise of the Skywalker? How do you want to do it? How do you want to play this? Are we going to do spoiler spoilerific or what? Uh, it's been. I think it's been like three weeks. I think uh, this is now a take your own chance okay. podcast. 
Right. Okay. Okay. All right. So, how about you? So, well, let me put it this way. So, I'll talk about my impressions. Having seen it, Jaime's seen it once. I've seen it twice. Jonathan's seen it twice. And Jonathan and I have had a chance to digest a bit more than Jaime, per se, right? But um, my initial impressions were it was uh, kind of a busy movie, but entertaining, right? Um, I'm not sure that, that some of the, the things... I missed a lot of things in the first viewing, obviously, because it's really fast-paced. And having sat through it the second time, uh, much like when I first saw Star Wars back in 77, I went you know on, on the first night, and then I went with my friends on the weekend to see it again. And the second time through, I saw some a lot of weaknesses in, in the sort of portrayal of characters and plot lines and stuff like that. Because uh, I, you know, I remember that being seventeen. But um, uh, there were some some weird things that I, I kind of missed the first time through. And you know, having chance to see them the second time, I'm not giving them away just yet because I'm sure we're going to talk about them in detail. Um, I found the second time the movie was a little bit weaker. But and we were talking about this at at, uh, at our collective uh, gathering yesterday, um, Xavier and Jonathan, and myself. Um, I don't know. I rated. I I I found out I rated higher than you guys do in terms of in terms of all the Star Wars. Um, I put it somewhere between. I put it. You know. I think the, the the these last three movies are better than way better than the prequels. Um, and uh, sort of you know sort of I, I I do I do like them. I, I like these three movies. But uh, obviously I'm I'm in the minority. I think maybe unless Jaime wants to chime in and give his initial impressions. Yeah, I I, I think I assumed I was going to come in as the apologist on this one because I was sort of rethinking and actually rewatching uh, the Last Jedi. Uh, this had been on TNT or TBS over here, so I just randomly happened to see it during the holidays. Um, the flaws here strike me as not purely J.J. Abrams. Um, certainly, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the ones that I do think are specifically like J.J. Abrams' flaws. There's a ton of flaws that are um, Ryan Johnson from The Last Jedi director flaws. And then in my mind, I'm like, well, the meta answer is it kind of feels like Disney went into this trilogy without having a specific plan for how the major beats of this story was going to work. Is this, this movie ends up right. with the culmination of a lot of different things that they could have handled a little bit better maybe starting in The Force Awakens, but for certain, uh, The Last Jedi needed to do more, and it needed to undo less so that you don't have this movie, which undoes the previous movie for the most part, um, and then just kind of comes in with some, some out-of-nowhere stuff. So it's, you're right, the pacing is a, is a... It's certainly not a boring pacing, but it's a little too fast-paced. There's like no room to breathe because it's got a lot to do. It's got to undo half of the previous movie. It has to set up something that wasn't set up in the previous movie and then it has to try to quickly wrap it all up right so it's yeah and it's, also it's, it's a messy movie from that perspective yeah and we, we can talk about the, the the absence of carrie fisher as well because they, they kind of tried to make up for that and we can discuss whether that was successful or not but before we do that jonathan what are your initial impressions of the movie yeah so we did we did talk about this so yeah i i have had some time to really think about it and sort of go over these plot points in my head and and uh, upon reflection, I don't think it holds up particularly well. I'm, I will preface everything by saying any Star Wars is generally good Star Wars. I don't think there is a... Okay, Attack of the Clones is terrible. But um, there are not very many bad Star Wars movies. Star Wars movies are still a treat. However, uh, yeah, the first hour of this movie is, is in my estimation, nonsensically fast-paced. It, it, they don't give you a second to breathe. There's too much going on. And they're throwing things at you left, right, and center. They're making all these little sort of uh, very confusing plot points, trying glue together. They're, they're sort of uh, trying to knit together some ideas, introduce new characters. 
they take you to a bunch of different planets. It, it, it was just a little too much. Um, so getting into a, just a smidgen of the plot, the other thing that really kind of irked me upon reflection was, so this was billed as the last of the Skywalker films, the ninth and final. Now we're going to go somewhere different after this. So they tried to play games with our emotions a little bit. So they quote unquote killed off a couple of major, uh, you know, original trilogy characters in the very beginning. And then they both came back and then they killed off other characters later on. But I found that because they had sort of been playing with you a little bit in the first part, it kind of lessened the impact of the second part. Um, so again, I don't know how far we're going to get into it, but they, yeah, they, they ostensibly said they killed Chewbacca and then like five minutes later they brought him back and then they wiped C-3PO's mind and he was like, farewell, my friends. And then they brought him back. And then by the time you get to Princess Leia dying, because obviously Carrie wasn't around to film it, her death was kind of a weak sauce death in that she's supposed to have like reached out to Ben and, uh, and then died in the exhaustion of using the force. But because she was there to act it, it's kind of a little weak. And then, you know, and then they come back and then they kill off Kylo Ren and then they kill off the emperor. And by then you're just like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Like, this is just getting nonsensical. Um, but first and foremost, how do you bring back the emperor and make him the central character of this film Make him the villain for the third trilogy in a row. The overarching villain is, is you know, Emperor Palpatine. How do you bring him back and not explain how he came back? That's just stupid. It's insane. Well, he was on suspended animation, obviously. He was like on a respirator. That that thing that he was connected to like, was some big sort of giant, you know, med bed, right? Yeah, Darth Vader threw him down a, a shaft. We heard him explode, yeah. explode. Yeah. And then in the end of that, what, he broke a finger? <laughs> Cracked a few Well, nuts. We, we heard something explode. And I, I think if you imagine that he was like Rose at the end of Titanic, he was just hanging on to like a, a door. <laughs> but then the Death Star exploded. <laughs> he rode the shockwave. <laughs> Well, Luke did the same thing because he Luke fell down the shaft and, and ended up hanging onto an antenna and then called Leia with his mind and she came and got him. Right? Luke was twenty four. So, this guy's one hundred and sixty yeah, yeah, years old true. now. That's true, and he's got a few hangnails. Yeah, um, that was that was yeah. I mean. Yeah, and, and how do you explain the fact that there's only a, a, a master and an apprentice, and then there's a, all of a sudden there's five thousand Sith sitting in the stands? Are these like the ghosts of the Sith of the past? I mean, yeah, I think that was. I think they were just like the scrubs. Like, yeah. They weren't yeah. like so, going to become, uh, you know, like the cool kids club. They were more like the the entourage. Yeah. So speaking of bringing people back, do you think that the scene where Harrison Ford comes back? Oh, sorry, spoilers oh, for folks. Gosh. Where he comes back and talks to Ben. Right. Do you think that was supposed to be Leia's part? A hundred percent. Carrie Fisher's part. A hundred percent. Yeah. Like yeah. again, if they can bring back um uh Grand Moff Tarkin in, in Rogue One, oh, why couldn't they, they bring back a Carrie Fisher? They they shouldn't have brought back as a blue ghost. Yeah, they shouldn't have brought him back in that movie. He looked really way past the yeah, he didn't. He looked like he passed his best before day. He didn't look good in that movie. I think they should have just shot him from behind that whole movie. Well, what's interesting about the 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 um, what was the second one called? Last Jedi, right? What mm-hmm. was what was good about that one was when Luke Skywalker comes back to Kylo Ren. He comes back to Kylo Ren as Kylo Ren would have remembered him mm-hmm. with the you know with the with the 
what do you call that Greason formula? Gray gets rid of the gray in your gray hair. Uh, just no. for men. Uh, just for men. Yeah, from the just just arrived back from the just for men clubs. Got my like, trim beard. Doesn't look. He's cut all his hair short. You know, it doesn't look like the hippie in the in the end of the movie. But um, and even when he goes to meet meet Leia at the end and say goodbye to her, he still is in that same in that same you know ten years ago look. Right? Um, why didn't they do something like? That? I mean, of course they couldn't do that with Harrison Ford because he's too freaking old and probably wouldn't put on the Grecian form or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Because, um, I mean, how would Ben know him as that old guy? Because, you know, well, other he, than the that fact how that he killed you know, him, Kyle though. Ren killed him. Yeah, that's how he looked. Huh? Right when he, that's like how he looked right before he got stabbed through the chest by Ben or by Kylo. Uh, I suppose, I suppose. I suppose. Why didn't he have, like, a hole burnt in his chest, right? <laughs> You know, like like uh, death becomes her, right? Yeah. yeah, that that was an interesting thing. So, did that scene actually happen, or was that in Kylo's head? Well, of course, it was in his head. Just like Harry Potter, when he saw Dumbledore yeah. at the end of uh, right. at the end of Harry Potter thing, he says when Harry Potter says to Dumbledore, "Is this real or is this in my head?" and he says, "Of course, it's in your head." Yeah. And Kylo says the same thing. So, wait a minute, is this the the last episode of of uh, Harry Potter that we just saw in you know, the Deathly Hallows? No, sadly, that was better made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah. so that was a little kooky. Um, yeah, there was just there was so many questionable things. That, Jaime, I think you nailed it right off the hop, though. I think this movie to me just screams corporate interference. Like the whole thing right. was just like you know. I know J.J. Abrams is much better at starting things than finishing things because um, I watched Alias, but I think. But if you watch Lost, uh, yeah, well, yeah. So I think that's fair. But at the same time, I'm looking at this movie thinking no artist would have made some of these choices. No artist would have done this. Nobody as talented as J.J. Abrams would have made all these decisions. I'm sure some of them were his. But I think that Disney got so much flack for The Last Jedi. There were so many people scorching them online over it. Uh, I think they were just like, you know what? Let's do exactly what we did with um, uh, The Force Awakens, and we'll play it safe, and we'll give they'll fan service the heck out of this thing, and we'll give them what they want. Palpatine's the bad guy. Everybody ties up in a nice bow. Uh, you know, we'll play it safe and right down the middle. We'll undo the things that people didn't like, and we'll just play it straight down the middle. And I think that's cowardly, and I think it's. Uh, artistically void and I think that's what really kind of sticks in my craw about this movie was like this is uh, yeah it's just it's so bland and so formulaic and so predictable and that's say what you will about George Lucas but he always gave you new things to chew on and and new ideas weren't always great ideas but he was always pushing the envelope and trying new things this was just saccharine nonsense <laughs> do you think that snoke was being was was um the emperor was pulling snoke's strings like or, or i mean we were i thought we were led to believe that snoke was like the new emperor like he was the supreme being or whatever that was running the whole show right again you know coming back to to what i know about corporate culture um like you can say what you want about apple but steve jobs was not running apple i mean he was the head of apple and he had you know a lot of clout and a lot of say but like the emperor right but i don't think th- Apple ran with just Steve Jobs running at the helm. He didn't make every decision that the company made, right? And in the same sense, an empire would not do that either. I mean, the emperor would have the ultimate, you know, say, but, you know, the, there had to be, you know, the, the generals and the commanders below him who would be making all the nasty decisions, right? Yeah. Like our, who's the, guy, the redhead guy who, who turns out to be a spy? Come on, that was a stupid yeah. events, right? Tux. That was the spy and the, yeah. yeah. They could have they gone in a number of different directions. They could have introduced a new character there, right? Like, 
project like they did with uh, many other options, uh, many opportunities, right? But, yeah. but they did, right? That that uh, that pride dude, the other, yeah, like yeah. like Hux's Pokemon Evolution, where he's like more yeah. mature and and kind of meaner looking. They did introduce <laughs> that guy, and, it, it, and I think this goes back to what I was saying that it was really weird that um, either Disney didn't have like a real specific plan for how these were going to work, or they allowed um, Ryan Johnson to go like well off that plan, right? It kind of feels like like you know like the plan was all right let's make this sand castle right abrams is pretty good at sand castles he's making starting to make this sand castle and it, you know it's, it's not like a great sand castle he's basically just using like you know turned over buckets and then he's you know carving from there and ryan johnson came in and said you know what sand castles are dumb i'm gonna make this mermaid sculpture but he only got like halfway through right because he only has like one movie and he makes this you know in and of itself you know beautiful you know first half and everybody's like uh what are we supposed to do here all right well nobody's like in the direction here it's not making sense uh abrams you come back in and somehow turn this you know half woman into a sand castle well there you go these these mounds here are going to be turrets now right? like, it, it just comes off as this weird mess and i think because of, of certain things you'll see like like the emperor coming back could have made sense if the last jedi had set that up right like the the force awakens had the sort of question for the fans of like who is snoke and ryan johnson said that doesn't matter snoke's dead oh okay well you could do that if you had you know palpatine come out towards the end of that movie right like aha it doesn't matter who that fool was he was the puppet i was the real one right yeah yeah uh, it may not be like a, a, a super great twist maybe it would work out a little bit better but it wouldn't be weird and rushed and, and you would have time to be like in this movie be like how the hell did palpatine come back oh he came back because you know space rose saved him right <laughs> yeah um and then there, there's other stuff of like who who is Ray was set up in the first movie and Ryan just said yeah that doesn't matter Ray's nobody and so this movie has to undo that be like well her parents were nobody but her grandparent was super important right there's just so much that's that's undone there that it, it couldn't possibly even planned out to have Ray be to have Ray be a Palpatine right do you think they had to bring back the Emperor for that I don't think they did I think they could have had her be they could have discovered somewhere in some book or whatever some census or something that she was actually a Palpatine. She could have had the same power that she had and fought some other foe uh, alongside Kylo Ren or not, right? But, I mean, the other thing they could have done was they could have taken Kylo Ren and because, I mean, they, they con continued the penis measuring contest between Hux and, and Kylo Ren or, or Ben Solo. Um, cause, and obviously, you know, um, Hux was, was upset because he got, he got he didn't get promoted and the other guy did, which is typical, right? But they could have taken the whole Kylo Ren character and made him, he made him like the super duper evil badass guy right that ray is the only one that could take on kind of thing right rather than dragging this the, the emperor out of cold storage right you know yeah like i said it just seemed like more you know hey you like this thing before we'll give you more of this thing like ah, i don't know it just it did it just feels like shoddy story making like it's just well so speaking of storytelling so the, so the the force awakens i think we've all kind of agreed is, is sort of a new telling of that same joseph campbell story where it, which which mirrors a new hope right if we're calling it that um you know because it's got it's got all the elements and of that of the new hope in it it's got the death star and it's got the you know it's got the kid who doesn't know that she's somebody special and she has magic powers harry and all that kind of stuff right and um uh like you said though um the last jedi is nothing like well it's kind of like empire strikes back from the point of view of, of it has these awesome battles in it but it's not really the same sort of thing right i mean i guess that that planet with the red sand or whatever kind of echoed uh, uh hoth in a sense right yeah um 
but but this one this one had elements of Return of the Jedi. Like it had the giant fleet that comes and takes on the, the Emperor, which is or the Empire, which is now like a giant empire as well, right? Um, do do you think that that this was was very closely mirroring a Return of the Jedi kind of movie, <laughs> minus the walkers and the hobbits and stuff? Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly has uh, some of the same directions, but. I mean, really, in that it just pretty much wrapped everything up in a, in a nice bow, you know. Like, yeah, I don't think it was as direct. Yeah, it was a better wrap up than the, than the th- the third prequel movie, which I can't even remember the name of it now. But oh, um, Revenge of the Sith. Because that was, I, I, yeah, Revenge of the Sith. I, I, I literally could see somebody like George Lucas standing there with a check checkbox check checklist, saying, "Okay, check this, check this, check." At the end, the, the last half hour of that movie was just sort of like getting all these pieces in a row so they they matched up with where a New Hope starts, right? Um, yeah, you know, like why did Padme have to die? Why did, you know, like, like all that, you know, how did the twins get separated? You know, how did Darth, Darth Maul or sort of Darth Vader end up in that, you know, fancy suit and all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. But by um, the same token, was, tell me anything that happened in the last hour of, uh, rise of Skywalker that you weren't expecting. Like there was a duel between Ray and Kylo, you know, yeah, Kylo, yeah. who has been conflicted by, by the force the whole time, suddenly becomes good. The two of them team up and take on the yeah. Emperor. The you know, last, yeah. in Last Jedi, nobody came when they called. But this time, people come when they called, and they defeat the Empire. And it's a good Luke story. Yeah, I yeah. to the rescue, and um, and like not, none of it. Like it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly the same yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah. So- did you notice that, that um, uh, Ben Solo's scar disappeared when when uh, Ray resurrected him? He was he was healed. Yeah, he was healed. He was he was he was good now, right? That was Kylo's scar. Ben is the one who rose after she healed him. Yeah, yeah. The other, I mean, there's a few other sort of glaring issues with this one. So, you know, one of the messages that I loved from Last Jedi was what Ryan Johnson did by saying Ray's family was no one. She came from nowhere. It spoke to that whole idea that you don't have to be a princess or a son of a Jedi or whatever. Exactly. Yeah, you can be no one. You can be the broom boy from the end of the movie. You can be anyone and you can rise up and be the hero of the story that's very true in storytelling it's a beautiful thing to tell to people particularly to young women and to, to immediately come and go no no remember that none of that so that was really kind of i thought a pretty big slap in the face to the kind of story that ryan johnson was telling but also to the all those people who took that story all the kids who would have enjoyed that message and said no no you have to be the granddaughter who's hooked up with the son of darth vader who's hooked up with like it all just it, it that was kind of one of the ongoing criticisms of you know Star Wars, we made fun of that in the '80s of the fact that everybody you know oh and Darth Vader was related to Luke Skywalker who's related to Princess Leia whose trash can was once uh, R two D two and uh, you know and their uncle was your Yoda. mother's brother's friend's roommate's second cousin from uh, whatever the actual yeah. is from Spaceballs right I yeah. don't ever remember owning a droid exactly yeah <laughs> yeah. So, they yeah. do all that stuff. It just again, it just piles on the sort of you know the the artifice. It feels fake. It feels like a it feels like a sci fi movie. It doesn't feel true to life. When they when they said when they broke away from that and said, hey, actually, you know, you're not a Kenobi. You're not a Vader. Uh, you know, Darth Vader's child. You're not a clone. You're just some girl who grew up somewhere who happened to have Force powers, and now you're coming into your own. That was a much nicer message. I don't like what yeah, they did yeah. with this. 
I don't like that she's a Palpatine. I get the whole point is that she's a Palpatine, but she overcomes it and then she chooses to be a Skywalker. And so it's about choice and who you choose to be, not who you're born to be. And I I get what they're trying to do, but I just thought it was weak. Um, And and the the other thing that we haven't talked about is, uh, you know, the Kelly Murray trans stuff, um, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't see that part. So, so she was obviously <laughs> a major part, of, <laughs> a, a major part of her second of the second movie, and they built it up that right. she, she and Finn, she loved Finn, and she she almost sacrificed herself to save him, and she was this big fundamental character. And in this movie, they were like, um, "You go stand over there and um, stare at that computer for two hours, and we'll let you know when we need you at the end." And that was terrible. Just terrible. Terrible. I, I can't believe how glaringly bad that is. Yeah, that one definitely does feel like Disney interference when they saw the backlash over Rose, the character, and Kelly Marie Tran, the actress. Um, but I'll I'll go way back to The Force Awakens. So at the end of that movie, Finn romantically should end up with one of two people. Uh, Ray, because it seems very clear that J.J. Abrams set him up as, uh, you know, potential coupling with, with Ray, right? Um, if you view it the way some folks do on the internet, I could see him ending up with Poe Dameron, too, if you believe that yep. the bromance goes beyond just being good buddies, yep. right? Those are, like, the limits of who he could end up with. And then so wait, I can't who? proclaim Pro, that, like... Poe Dameron and, and who? And <laughs> Finn. Finn. Oh, Finn. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of two romantic options there. Uh, Ryan Johnson, for reasons... Like, I can't proclaim that he, like, you know, wanted to keep the races separate or something. <laughs> right? I don't have that knowledge. But it does kind of seem kind of weird that he, like, sort of shoehorns Rose's sort of one-sided romance with um, with Finn. And and in this movie, it was like, all right, we, we got to dump Rose off on the side somewhere uh, as best we can. So Finn needs a new... I don't know why they think this. Finn needs a new, uh, you know, romantic interest. I'm not sure why he can't still be interested in, in Ray. That was sort of his... His arc and the thing that he like you know keeps wanting to tell Ray would actually make more sense is like hey just wanted to let you know before we die like I have feelings for you right that would have made sense but instead they said you know what let's get somebody who's appropriate for Finn who's a you know corporate speaker who's appropriate for Finn oh you know what she was a, a, a stormtrooper oh you know what she's also um tinted pigment the, the same way I'm like this seems wildly offensive that they went this direction yeah. like, did you just choose a black woman to be the the replacement romantic part for Finn, like, like, it's horrendous. Also, the Billy D. Williams line at the very end, where he goes, "Let's let's let's go over here and find out where you were from." Like, you know, that seemed really really creepy to me. Yeah, it had a little Me Too vibe. But I think the notion that has been going around uh, after the movie is that. Um, I guess in one of the um, visual guides or something that came out recently, uh, they gave a little backstory as to what Lando has been up to. And the idea was that Lando, after the events of uh, Return of the Jedi, started a family. And the First Order kidnapped his daughter when she was two, and potentially that Janna is his daughter. Oh, okay, right. But Hmm. that is not clear in any way, shape, or form when you watch the movie. And it's the same, they make that same mistake in a few different spots where they they just don't give you enough context or backstory. Jaime, you touched on it. There's that one scene, and it comes up twice, where they're sinking into the sands on the desert, and... 
Finn says, oh, Ray, Ray, I got to tell you something. And then they drop and then they briefly make a joke about it then. And they address it later on that he never, but they never pay off that setup in the movie. And they went online afterwards and people were asking John Boyega, you know, were you going to say that you loved her? And he's like, no, no, it wasn't that. So people have drawn the conclusion that what he was going to say was that he has force powers, that he's force sensitive that that was what he's going to confess. Mm. But that should not have to be up to speculation. When you set it up twice in the movie, pay it off. Like, what is the point of that? Like, it's just, again, it's just yeah. shoddy filmmaking. Well, maybe it was bad editing. Maybe maybe somewhere in, in the DVD box set, we're going to find out where all these deleted scenes went, you know? Yeah, you should have been in the like movie as opposed to the, like, 10 different tangents we took and the 10 new characters you introduced for no particular reason. Yeah, I don't know. But like yeah. you said, they, yeah. they did a lot of they did a lot of setups for things that, that either kind of paid off or would or would mirror later. It was like a very badly written murder mystery, you know, like where you, where you, lay, you lay the traps and then, uh, you know, the, obviously the pieces fall into play. Right, sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and that's why early on I said like there's kind of three pieces to it. There's, in terms of the the flaws that I see, I see the overarching um, Disney not having a really good plan, and then also sort of like reacting to to things as they go along rather than sticking to the plan. I see Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams sort of like fighting over like what's the theme of this of this trilogy? You know, how are how are these things going to line up? And then I also see the the things independent of all of that like excising all of that and saying okay what did jj abrams do with what he had like i think he had kind of a crappy hand but he still made some mistakes like you know not explaining you know what was finn going to say not explaining um if you're going to go this route why is why is janna important uh, and how does she link to lando and i think there's definitely time in the movie to do that if you remove the first weird you know go find stuff on the treasure map piece or at least condense it right they didn't need to find um the sith you know compass thing that then would take them to the dagger thing that then would take them to the death star right like i feel like there were ways you could have written that like oh yeah let's just go from point a to point b let's not go on this weird scooby-doo quest um let's just get directly to it because we don't have a lot of time right what about the care it was a carrie anderson what's her name from carrie russell uh, felicity carrie russell. carrie russell what about her her role her character I mean, there's a bit of mystery there but like I, why was that there is that to sort of deflect from poe having another interest or what well it, it was basically twofold uh well no that's not true it was single purpose it was it was Poe's not gay. Oh, right. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, I kind of read it as that. Too. There was a big screaming <laughs> sign that said Poe's not gay. He had sex with her. Really? That's hmm. what it felt. Yeah. Like. It well, really did. I think I viewed Zori Bliss a little bit more positively, although I will caveat that saying I'm a huge Carrie Russell uh, enthusiast. Um, and so I had also considered that maybe Zori Bliss, the, her character, was going to be set up as a we can do some spinoff type stuff, either movies or Disney Plus stuff to explain, like, you know, what does she do beforehand? How did she? And, and Poe, you know, do the, the dastardly things they did before, right? The, the not so clean things. Right. Okay. So, hi, mate. So, she, did you know she was going to be in the movie? Yeah. I'm sorry. What was that, Tim? Do you, did you know that she was going to be in the movie as that character? Yeah. The, I, I follow enough of the news stuff to know that Carrie Russell was going to play um, what was thought to be like a bounty hunter. I mean, like you look at her visually right. even and the way she handles stuff. Like you never actually see her entire face. I'm like, oh, that's like the Boba Fett for this trilogy, right? Yeah, Just like you had Django yeah, yeah. Fett for the, the prequel trilogy. So I kind of knew what was going on. 
there, right? I was like, I, I, I could see what you're doing here, but I was, I was not offended in any way. I did get the like, oh, this, this straightens, you know, with air quotes, this straightens bow. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll give them uh, some benefit of the doubt of like this gives them a little bit of backstory, and you can create some actual uh, some spinoffs from there. So here's my issue with the Carrie Russell uh, casting. Jaime, you're a fan, right? Mm-hmm. What is the most distinguishing characteristic of Carrie Russell? I mean, <laughs> you'd have to say, like, you know, I don't know, generalized face at the very least. It's her hair. Right? It's her hair, which you never yeah, see yeah. in the entire yeah. movie. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, unless you, you'd have to completely redesign the character to deal with that, I guess. But um, or have her take her hair off. Really, but it's certainly the most notorious thing is her hair, right? From, yeah. from, from Felicity season two thing, like for sure. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was really well, funny. Americans, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, on the more positive side, uh, I do think, and, and you have the the actor's name here, uh, Babu Frick was by far the most successful um, character there, I think, for the, from the new ones that were added. It was the, the little guy, what I wrote in my notes, the little guy that fixes your cable box so it gets free HBO. Like, yeah, that he, dude sound, he, sound, he reminded me of the little, the little um, character from... Um, was it like a cockroach or something like that from the Muppet Show? Um, was that a Muppet? Like, like Pepe the Shrimp or something? Yeah, I forget Pepe what the Shrimp. Yeah, 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 him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The prawn, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think people uh, like uh, definitely made you know happy sounds when he was around on screen. Um, when they first show him, you know, tinkering with C three PO's memory, uh, and, and people audibly cheered when they saw him in the final battle when he, in, in Zori's ship. So yeah, I think that that's definitely a, a good merchandise opportunity, if nothing else. But it's also not super. See, the, tra- either. the trailer had me ready to, to have C three PO pass away. You know, like get his brain fried, and that's that's it. Right? I, I was ready for that. But, you know, when he came back and, you know, of course, they had the time machine back up that R2-D2 stored from earlier. Um, you know, I don't know. Did they need to bring him back and have that? I mean, he I guess he was the, the comic foil in, in all of these movies. But, you know, like this is supposed to be the end of that tri- that trilogy, right? Or the original sort of series, right? Um, but couldn't he have been the comic foil as the rebooted C-3PO? Yeah. I, well, he was, obviously, right? Yeah. Like, he'd come back as that boob. Again. Oh, you mean rather than having, having him rest- restored from, by R2-D2 at the end? Yeah, that happened really quickly too. By the way, yeah, same same issue I had with the Chewbacca one. Again, Chewbacca is taken prisoner, then you know, oh, but he accidentally mm-hmm. dies, and you're like, oh my god, Chewbacca, and you're like, mm, seems a little suspicious at the time. Like that seems like a big character to kill, like off screen in an explosion. Yeah. So I wasn't falling for that for a second, but I was like, I get what you're trying to do here, and I don't like it. And mm-hmm. I thought, I thought at least it would take a little while before they sort of threw you the double switch. But yeah, like it was like five minutes later. Because again, breakneck speed, yeah. they were like, stay with us, he'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, overall, it just, yeah. it just feels like a missed opportunity. You know, I, I, I know I may not be in the majority, on, and uh, but, but I, I'll. I liked Last Jedi in parts. It wasn't perfect, but I do like that it was mm-hmm. continuing to sort of push things forward. It was trying to sort of break out a little bit. I think we all sort of had some same criticisms of Force Awakens. It was a pretty much a carbon copy of A New Hope, um, but it did introduce some interesting new characters, and it sort of set the stage. Okay, where do you go from there? Well, okay, Last Jedi kind of pushed it to different places. I didn't see that coming. Like, they killed off the big bad guy. They, you know, sort mm-hmm. of changed the, changed the game. Oh, she's not a... a Kenobi or a or a fifth clone or whatever. She's just some girl. Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, they introduced some new characters. Okay, cool. Um, you know, they kind of reboot from there. Okay, so where are you going to go from there? Oh, we're going right back to Force Awakens again. I, all right, all right. That's kind of a disappointing end note for all this stuff. 
And and I think one of the most telling things is that they announced even before this movie came in out came out, they announced that Kevin Feige is going to move over and take on uh, building the next sort of chapter of the Star Wars universe. You know, this is a guy who, working with the Marvel movies for 20-plus movies, has a track record for really thinking things through from an overarching standpoint. Well, doesn't that just speak to what we just said about this whole problem with the Star Wars stuff? It feels like they didn't think it through and come up with a cohesive, overarching plan. They were just kind of lurching from film to film. Uh, And I get that there was, like, some major issues. Obviously, they were trying to put out, you know, four movies in... Or three movies in, like, five years... That's a pretty aggressive strategy for rolling out movies, um, especially ones that cost as much and require as much time to make as these ones do. So obviously it's not perfect. And obviously, you know, Disney is a family friendly corporate organization and they've got priorities on their own and everything else. You know, they're building, building theme park, building theme parks and other things, but damn, this just, it just feels like a, a disappointing ending to, you know, if this is what they're truly calling is the end of this saga. Uh, and I think, I, I think all of us agree that let's, let's wait for the shoe to drop on that stuff. But um, yeah, it's just a disappointing ending. And it's weird that it happens in conjunction uh, with, with the Mandalorian. And I know, Jaime, we're not going to spoil anything for you because you haven't had a chance to catch up yet, but, um, but the Mandalorian was, quite good um yeah very good star wars star wars and i just couldn't help but think you know what maybe this just speaks to the same problem that is is becoming epidemic in in movies versus television you know you've got two hours it's got to be huge and a spectacle and grand in order to make the you know one and a half billion dollars it needs to be considered a success you know how do you compare that against something like mandalorian where they've got you for you know seven or eight episodes they've got you for you know four hours plus five hours worth of television they can really take their time they can do different things they can really soak you in you know it's it's the reason why game of thrones is such a monster success they can just immerse you in those worlds you know like star wars is you know the skywalker saga is in the big on the big screen and they only have you for short bursts every couple of years that's a lot of pressure and that's a lot of work and you know again i don't envy these these creators having to try and live up to that but Geez, it, mm-hmm. uh, it it didn't land for me. You think it would have been better if they did, did like the Deathly Hallows or the Hallows where they broke it into two pieces? A hundred percent, because at least then you could have explained some of these backstory the stuff, stuff. like so much stuff that yeah. it just got lost. It's like if you had a choice and you said, "All right, look, we haven't had a distinct plan here, and the pieces are not going to line up for one movie. We have to split it into a part one and a part two. I think that would be a better option than trying to shoehorn everything in to the one. What is it like two two fifteen two twenty movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It would you know it would fit a little weird because it'd be like mm, it's not really a trilogy like the other ones were. But I think at that point it's like, well, you made your bed. <laughs> right? yeah. You can have you know. One of two themes for Ray: either uh, it doesn't doesn't matter who you are uh, because it literally like, you don't have any lineage, or it doesn't matter what your lineage is because even if it's bad, you can overcome and choose. Like you can't have both of those in the same trilogy, right? Like it needs to be one of those. Either one will work. Um, and that, yeah, that's why I think that, that having. The, but do you think that Ray and Foe and Finn are going to come back in some form, either separately or together? It's hard to imagine that there wouldn't be something down the road. I guess it depends on where the actors go as far as their careers and and you know Mm -hmm. um but you know 
when you look at the success that Mandalorian's been, and you think like they really are going to have to get, uh, you know, they're going to start ramping up. They've already committed to two more series. They're going to do an Obi-Wan Kenobi series. They're going to do the Cassian Andor series. You know, I, would I be surprised at all if they do the, you know, Finn uh, trying to rescue the lost Stormtrooper children who've been brainwashed story as a as a Disney Plus series? No. Would I be surprised if they're going to do the uh, Ray trained young Jedi's thing on on Disney Plus? No, not at all. Um, you know, I think obviously there's a, a whole world that's been set up there. You know, obviously, you know, they don't have to bring back Mark Hamill or Carrie Fisher or, or uh, Harrison Ford anymore. And, you know, I'm pretty sure they're getting that guy in the Wookiee suit now for a deal. Um, you know, they can, they can do a lot with just, you know, a lot less overhead on some of this stuff now. Mm -hmm. So out of 10 from zero being bad to 10 being good, what do you rate this movie? (laughs) Yeah, I'm thinking about it too. I'm going to go with like a six, but again, I have only seen it once. So I'm probably leaning a little bit more positively. Uh, I was looking at my list of like, where do I put this? Um, And part of my struggle in in like trying to rank all of the the different um, movies for Star Wars right now is I have to decide what to do with The Last Jedi, because I do think that Jedi, Last Jedi is probably a better film in isolation Mm -hmm. but as part of a trilogy that needs to move stuff along i think it's probably one of the worst because it undoes so much of what came before it right Mm. yeah even though it's beautiful beautifully directed beautifully filmed um it's got good interesting ideas it's got some clunky stuff i think i mentioned the the casino planet stuff that never really made sense hit with me and i kind of wanted rose to be like do something with those you know mechanic or engineer skills um so i'd have to figure out like what to do with that right like grading wise where 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 would i put this i'm not sure in my first off the cuff coming out i was like it's right below uh rise of skywalker but seeing the movie the rise of skywalker again i might put the last jedi above um above that so so well, the question is when you came out of the theater did you want to go see it again right away or i mean or did you did you think i gotta go see that again like was that in your in your dna i did but i'm also one of the you know big enough fans that you know i would want to see it multiple times i just didn't happen yeah. to do so yeah i mean I, I i'm the same way i'd like to see it i'd like to see it in the ideal format which is like imax 3d but then i like to see it also in 2d you know um or, or i like to see it in another format right just to sort of get a sense of how it sits as a movie movie right i found the second time through like i said i i, I noticed things that i didn't catch in the first go through because it was just too fast paced right um you know like the some some of the stuff with the emperor versus ray and and um, kylo ren at the end um i I caught more of what was going on, you know, between the three characters that I didn't catch the first time through. Right. Uh, it was too fast. But um, um, for me, I, I, it's an eight. I mean, eight out of ten. You know, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for a Star Wars movie anyway. Right. So um, what do you think, John? Uh, yeah, again, I just uh, having more time to digest it. Uh, I think it's like a four or a five. Like, I, <laughs> I really I just I really. It, was not coming to the desert island with you? No, it truly is not. No, I mean, uh, you know, again, I just, I can't give, I mean, you guys, we talked about it, you know, a bunch of times on this podcast and you and I talked about it for years and years. The thing that drives me most nuts about Hollywood movies is bad formula. Mm-hmm. I hate movies that are too right. formulaic and that don't take chances. Some of the things that I've enjoyed most about, uh, you know, some of the things they've done with Marvel movies and, you know, even some of the other, you know, sort of genre films the last few years is, you know, be bold. Taika Waititi directing a Thor movie, you know, like some of the stuff that they've done is mm-hmm. it's just, it's 
risky and weird. And, you know, that I would gladly reward that. This felt like filmmaking by committee that was playing the safe, yeah. boring way. And I just, I just can't reward that with a good score. I just can't. Right. So coming back to, so you sent me a link, uh, which probably put it in the show notes too, um, to a Reddit article that you you'd read somewhere. Yeah. Well, um, I read it on Reddit, about, but, but take that with yeah, a grain of yeah. salt also, please folks, Reddit. Yeah. You know, yeah. 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 Anyway, there's a bunch of conspiracies in there. We'll just, we'll put it on the, in the show notes and people can just look at it at their leisure. But, yeah. It's, it's all right. purportedly by uh, somebody who, uh, who has a friend who works inside the studio who said that, yes, it was a very, of a friend of a friend. Yeah. It was one of those like insiders, insider things. So take it for the, with a, huge stirring of salt, but uh, the message right, yeah. of it was basically that J.J. Uh, had his legs cut out from under him, that he was forced into making a ton of decisions he didn't want to make, and that he was, you know, openly exasperated by, you know, some of the interference that he was dealt. Do I think it's true? It's quite conceivable. I don't have, I don't, you know, again, I'm not going to take any of these things as... Yeah, but, but directors, yeah. directors leave movies, or directors get fired from movies all the time, and especially at this scale. I mean, that's like how Ron Howard stepped into Solo, right? Yeah. Um, who was supposed to direct this one if it wasn't going to be J.J. Abrams? It was supposed to be was originally to be Ryan Johnson. No, it was supposed to be Colin Trevorrow, who directed Jurassic World. Mm -hmm. um, and oh, okay. All right. So this it came out. There was an interview a few weeks ago. I think it was the Times that had a piece that you know was talking about how you know after seeing his draft, they just felt like it wasn't a good fit with where they were, where they thought it was going, and everything else, which is all just Hollywood speak for you know he wasn't doing what he was told, yeah. but. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, again, I think there's a good case to be made. Like, you know, there's a reason why the Russo brothers directed like a series of these movies. You know, it probably would have just made more sense to say, you know what, JJ, do do a trilogy for us. That's why they already announced like, you know what? Again, we'll see if it actually comes to pass. But they said like, hey, Ryan Johnson's going to do his own trilogy. He's going to do all three of them and he's going to mm -hmm. do it himself. Well, that's probably for the best because at right. least you're going to get one cohesive story, and whether you love it or you hate it, at least it's a a joint connected vision. Cohesive, yeah, yeah, like that should make sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Unless you have Kevin Feige standing beside you saying, "Like, here's the five beats you need to get into your movie, Taika, because it's got to tie into our larger our larger picture." All right, I guess we'll wrap it up there um, and move on to our watch list. So, honey, what do you got on the watch list? My pick here is a, a link on BBC America to view the Doctor Who TARDIS in augmented reality. So we'll have the link in the show notes for those of you transporting at home. You, you view it on your desktop, all you see is a fancy pants QR code. But if you view it on uh, like a mobile device that's AR compatible, you'll be able to have the TARDIS in, the, in your living room, on your house, out in the desert, wherever it is you decide to play. Was it outside of the TARDIS or the inside? The outside. Outside. Oh, okay. Because I was going to ask you which TARDIS. <laughs> uh, the, I, I don't know if they differ at all since I'm new to the series. It looks mm -hmm. indistinguishable from the uh, Jodie Whittaker version to me from the outside. Right. Yeah. They're all the same on the outside. <laughs> okay. Because the, the TARDIS is broken and can't transform into other objects anymore, which is why it's stuck as a phone, a phone box from the 60s. But anywho, um, Jonathan, what do you got for us? Uh, so what I'm dying for and uh, and, and uh, both both really eager to see and also intended. dreading the end. Yeah, exactly. And dreading the end of. So The Good Place returns this week uh, for its final five episodes um, of its final season. 
And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm dying to know how they wrap up and how they land this story again. We've had a series of, thank you very much, uh, Rise of Skywalker. We've had a series of disappointing endings in this last, uh, you know, six, eight months between Game of Thrones and this. And uh, lots of criticism of how some of these series have ended. Very few, actually, over the last few years have landed properly. So it'd be really interesting. Uh, I've loved so much of this program. It's been such a wonderful show for the last three or four years. Um, I'm, I'm really curious to see how they land something that has been uh, now become a real cult hit and something that uh, a lot of people are enjoying. So mm-hmm. five weeks left to go and, uh, and I can't wait to see how they try and, uh, and bring this one in. And we should also say, so we should also say also, I think all three of us, card, 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 card. <laughs> well, wait, that's my pick. You stole my pick. Oh, come on. <laughs> He's on the phone. So he can't, he can't read it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't see the notes. Oh, did you put a note in there? Sorry, that's pretend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, asked me earlier what my pick was. I hadn't, I didn't have anything in here, but uh, well, the watch list for me, obviously, is Rebels is uh, is what, you, what I'm going to be watching next after I finish uh, Clone Wars. Yeah. Although I'm, I don't know, I, I don't know. If, do I really need to finish Clone Wars? Because I'm, I'm not finding, you know, you would find it rewarding to get Star to the Wars. to get to the end of it. You'll find it rewarding because some of the characters' arcs do have a through line into Rebels. Um, two in particular okay. Oh, okay. have a really strong um, connection to what happens in Rebels. So it, it becomes much more satisfying when you know their arcs through Clone Wars to see where they come to um, years later in Rebels. And, and Rebels fits where? Is that before New Hope? Rebels is much closer in timeline to New Hope. And um, I will say, for anybody who's listening, if you are enjoying The Mandalorian, both of those Mm -hmm. series, The Clone Wars and particularly Rebels, uh, both have a lot of Mandalorian content. Dave Filoni, uh, who was the mastermind behind both of those shows, uh, is now uh, the the creator, the showrunner for for The Mandalorian, uh, loves Mandalorian culture and so had huge chunks of Mandalorian storylines in both those series. So you learn a ton about Mandalorian culture, their people, uh, you know, their fate throughout the whole sort of story. I think that's what season seven is going to be a big chunk of that is going to be about. Um, and that continues in there's a major, one of the major characters on, on uh, Rebels is a Mandalorian. And, uh, and so there's a huge component of that through both series. So if you want to learn a little bit more about uh, what you've gotten off Disney Plus, uh, there's a, just two more reasons to go in there and enjoy that. All right, cool. All right. Well, I guess until next time, we'll, uh, leave it there. My name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine is where you'll find me. And uh, Jonathan, where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as at JPK News. And Jaime, how people can touch with you? I'm on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. All right. Until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 You've been listening to the Spotcast Podcast. This is John Luke Picard. Shut up, Wesley. Sorry, say again. Just the tag. Gotcha. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the Spotcast website at spotcast.com. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at Spotcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskSpotcast. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount at patreon.com slash Spotcast. You can find details on how to help us on our website, spotcast.com slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the future.
watch uh, Lost Base yet? Yes, I've watched it. Have you? Season two? Yeah, no, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm I'm keen. Mm. Is it as good as season one? Is it as good as season one? Hmm. You talked me into season one, and I, I was a latecomer to that one, but uh, I really dug it after you recommended it. It's it's very different. Because um, what's interesting about the the show was that the TV show was they landed on a planet, and they were on this planet for a while, and then they get back up into space for a bit, and then they get back on a planet again. So they kind of echo that in, in this this uh, particular show. But, um, yeah, I mean, the uh, where they end up in this one is, is kind of cool. Um, there's a bit more, there are more characters in this telling of, it's more like Battlestar Galactica in terms of the number of characters that are introduced in this one. Um, like, there are a lot of them, as opposed to what was in the original movie. The, or the original TV show only had, like, six six characters and then and then whatever alien of the week right um but this one this one has a lot more human eh, well, the human the human drama that comes into it and you know the skullduggery and all that kind of stuff that that humans bring to it it's not all dr smith being the evil person you know mm. there's a bit of redemption and there's, there's some more evilness but um but worth a watch it's interesting um yeah it's worth a watch i think it's worth a watch yeah uh, not so much i mean well the robot kind of has a, a smaller play role because they, they lost the robot right so yeah yeah you'll see how you'll see how that plays out. Like the robot in Bill Mooney was was a huge uh, a huge thing in in the original series, right? Like uh, I don't know if they originally planned on it being the robot and Bill Mooney being the main because the three characters, Doctor Smith, Bill Mooney, and um, or um, you know Will Robinson and uh, the robot were the three sort of main. They were like the you know Fred and Barney and Dino kind of characters, right? So whereas all the rest of the people were just sort of became supporting cast, which really didn't really, really irked the two major stars that were in that show, right? Because they didn't get as much airtime in, in later seasons, right? That's June Lockhart and uh, Guy Williams, right? Yeah. Yeah, Guy Williams was Zorro before uh, Lost in Space. Hmm, I know that. Or after, I can't remember. Yeah, he was one of the, he was the original TV Zorro, <laughs> which was a good, another good show, too. Anyway, that's about that. Um, what else have I been watching? Hmm. I've watched all of the Apple TV stuff. You don't have access to that yet, right? No, I got it all. I don't. Do you have Apple TV? I do. You do? Okay. I haven't watched anything, but I have it. Oh, okay. Oh, you got it with your phone, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and Jaime just got a new... Um, MacBook. So, have you? Does it start, into, or do you have to register first on the MacBook before you get to watch it, Jaime? I think I have to register with the actual device itself. Mm. I haven't seen any freebie option from other devices, right. so cool. I'll, I'll have it relatively soonish. I would guess. Cool. All righty then. So, I thought Picard is going to be on at nine o'clock on Thursdays here in uh, in scenic Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. oh, you know, we didn't talk about Doctor Who this week either. Yeah. What I was going to send you, Jaime, was was a sort of uh, expl. There's a the new the new master does an explanation of the the master character um, in a in a clip that I was going to send you the other day, but but you had said you hadn't seen it yet, so I decided not to send it to you. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah but I'll, I'll try and find it and dig it up and send it over to you. Yeah. Do you, Jonathan? Do you know if that's nine o'clock everywhere? Uh, or I know, is that it, would be well. This well, just when they unlock the streaming. Like I don't actually know how they've done. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen the details. We have, we have it on CBS TV. Yeah, that's it. It's uh, here. It's on on uh, cable TV at nine o'clock is the the airtime. I don't know mm-hmm. when it's going to be going up online on CBS All Access, so I think we'll have to figure that out on the first week. Sort of what the window is, because yeah, we might run into uh, some challenges if it's different timing. Yeah. Anyway, Mac is here to tell me it's time to end the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure as we get probably to that final week, we'll we'll get a better sense because I didn't even realize you guys were getting it on cable TV. I thought yeah, I thought yeah. everybody except the US was getting it on Amazon, but I guess it's internationally except for Canada because Canada is always different. Yeah, well, like I said before, it's who, whoever purchases the show, right? 
So are you you're getting it on CBS All Access, right? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody else is getting it on Amazon Prime? Yeah. I thought it was on Amazon Prime for everybody else. Except for is Canada. It on Amazon Prime for us, I wonder. Yeah. Except for Canada. Yeah. Okay. Except for Canada where it's been yeah, We don't get on. Apple Card or Sweet Sweet Apple Cash and uh no. Jaime, Jaime gets <laughs> Apple Cash back when he buys Apple devices now, right? Fancy. Yeah. Three percent or like I was telling Tim during the, the audio troubles, six percent when they had the special for the holidays. Wow. Six percent off a of Mac is a lot of money, man. Yeah, no yeah that's why I decided to buy it right then. I was like, Oh, I was gonna hold off for this but I guess I'll get it now. I forgot one of you guys to buy my Mac for me too, right? Was that on every new Mac or only on new Macs or, or any Mac product? I assume it was only on, you know, brand new from Apple, even if it's a model they've had sitting around for a while. Yeah, but well, sometimes on the, you can use those discounts on the refurb store right, as well, right? So but I'm looking at getting a 13-inch, but do you think they're going to bring a new 13-inch out soon? No idea. I assume they'll take the design language from the 16 and, and make it across the board over the years. I mean, I, ha- I have heard a rumor, but we'll talk about that on the other show, I guess. <laughs> All right. Talk at you later. Max got to go outside. All right. Talk to you later. See you guys. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Ready for a career in behavioral health? Earn your online degree at Herzing University. Choose from health and human services, psychology, or social work programs. Gain the skills to work, coordinate, and manage nonprofits. Secure a bachelor's in psychology to study mental health or advance your social work career through our online master's of social work. Let us help you become a social change agent. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Text HEALTH to 85109. That's HEALTH to 85109. Or visit herzing.edu. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.